Hello and welcome to episode four of the Get Me Started podcast. My name's Thea and today's topic is organized life, organized mind. Before we start, I'd first like to pay my respects to the traditional custodians of the land on which this podcast is being recorded, who are the Rwandri people of the Kulin Nation. I acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded and that this land was, is and always will be traditional Aboriginal land. I pay my respects to Elders past, present and emerging and extend that respect to any Indigenous persons listening today. I would encourage all of my listeners to do some research and better understand whose land they live, work and socialise on on a daily basis. Today's topic is organised life, organised mind, which comes from my own personal interest in routine, organisation and being a self-confessed type A. These topics are interesting for myself because they're very related to the way that I live my life in the day to day, But there's also a lot more to it that I'd like to delve into with everyone to sort of uncover the myths and common concerns or benefits of being organized or being disorganized and why this lends itself to certain forms of mental health and mental well-being. A lot of the topics that I talk about today will actually link back into our last episode where I talked with DJ about the dopamine matrix. So if you haven't listened to episode three, I'd strongly encourage you to go back and listen to that one first before listening to episode four so that you have the best idea of some of the things that we're talking about and maybe have a fresh perspective on your own procrastination and reliance on social media as DJ goes into so much depth and had such an interesting conversation with him all about that. If you're new to the Get Me Started family, welcome, so that you have a little bit of an idea of how this all works. This podcast runs off a two-type episode structure. The first kind of episode is the one that you're listening to right now. They're solo episodes where I talk to you guys about things that get me started and topics that you as a community want to delve further into. If you join the Get Me Started Facebook group, you can contribute to questionnaires, which answers of which will be featured in each solo episode to help flesh out and develop a better conversation between myself and the community. The second kind of episode is guest episodes, where I get someone in from the community most likely who has a passion topic that they want to talk about, something that they wouldn't stop talking about if you gave them the chance. And we delve into that and see all about why they find it so interesting and what they think it has to offer to other people. This podcast is all about helping people explore the things that they find interesting to demonstrate the fact that we all know something different about the world and these things lend themselves to us getting to know one another a bit better and being better global citizens by being more aware of everything that goes on around us. So today's topic, organised life, organised mind. What does being organised even mean? Is being organised the same as being busy? Because I think that that is a great place to start. I know a lot of people in my life who are incredibly busy, they do a lot. And as a byproduct of that, everyone thinks that they're super organized and I'm including myself in that category. But I think that organization goes beyond being able to fit a lot of things into your day. Being organized is about knowing the structures and routines that suit you the best so that you can maximize every element of your life. Just because someone does a lot doesn't necessarily mean that they're organized, although they're not mutually exclusive either. Someone who does a lot probably is organized to some extent, and at least in some areas, because otherwise, how do they fit it all in? But I dislike the conception that people who don't do as much or people who have more relaxed schedules aren't organized because it's not necessarily true. You could be the most organized person in the world and have four days off a week, and that could be a byproduct of your organization. 
For me, I feel that organization is essentially routine in every element of your life. And that doesn't have to be a daily routine, but it's a kind of natural flow that you come to where you understand when and where you're going to need to adapt different things. When you're going to need to buy a new product, when you're going to need to refill an item that you already own, when you're going to need to schedule in an appointment, when you're going to need to pay a bill on time. And it feeds into not just your daily calendar life and your to-do list, but it reflects in your social life, it reflects in your mental well-being, it reflects in your finances. And it goes beyond this idea that being organized is having color-coded notebooks and pretty stationary and having a jam-packed calendar. Organization is about creating clarity. It's about understanding where you're at, where you're going and where you've been and figuring out ways that it's going to make each and every step of that journey a little bit easier as you go along. Organization is not just about knowing what's happening in your life. It's about setting up your life to best serve you so that you can do whatever you want with your life. Now, these ideas about organization as well do morph and change as you go through different life stages. So the kind of organized that people were, say, in high school is going to be very different than the kind of organized people are who are in university. And even there, it's going to be different between people who maybe live at home and people who live out of home, people who have jobs and people who don't have jobs. And that's, I guess, what I'm trying to get at is that the idea of the perfectly organized person is false in the sense that it fulfills a particular image of what those people all do and what category those people all fit into. Organization is much more about making sure that your lifestyle and your decisions and your daily routines are best suited to you, whatever those needs may be. People who filled out the questionnaire were asked to relay some attributes of organized people. They listed things such as people who excel, who are driven, proactive, not as relaxed, people who have a lot of rigidity in their life. They're a bit gritty. There's a lack of spontaneity. They're on time and considerate. They're controlling, obsessive or conscientious. They're neurotic. Now, all of these terms have a lot of different positives and negatives in them, but I think there's sort of a general theme coming through that people who are organized live by a strict schedule, which allows them to achieve very particular goals in a uniform way, and that gives certain outcomes. And although that might be true, and yes, it's a stereotype for a reason, it comes from somewhere, I'd just like to challenge this idea of organization and to delve a little bit deeper into why being organized is helpful, but then yes, why some of these pitfalls and some of these issues do arise when people are too organized. So in the questionnaire, individuals had to rank themselves as their current state of organization and where they would like to be. And then I asked them, why do you want to be more organized? Because every single person who fulfilled the questionnaire went up a number in their desire to be organized. No one desired to be less organized. Someone who was originally a five and wants to become a 10 in organization said that doing the most undesirable things at a time that suits my body and mind would be helpful because then I could be more efficient in the things that I want to do. They lamented the fact that when they're unorganized, they end up having to make smaller to-do lists in the bigger to-do lists. And I'll talk about that in just a moment. Someone who wanted to be a 10 and who was currently a nine said that I believe being clear is kind and being organized gives clarity. So giving ourselves clarity is an act of kindness through being organized. Someone who wanted to be an eight and was currently a seven 
said that they want to still leave a certain level of spontaneity in life. They want to be able to listen to their body and not feel like they're going against themselves when they make different plans. Someone who wants to be a 10 but was currently a 6 said something quite interesting in that life would be so easy if all you had to do was stick to a schedule and you'd achieve your goals. You'd have so much more spare time to do hobbies or other fun things if you could just do your to-do list with 100% efficiency. But I recognise that this is absolutely unrealistic and unachievable and relies on the assumption that organisation equals productivity, which equals fulfilment, which isn't really true, but it'd be nice, right? And this idea of the chain reaction between organisation, productivity, and therefore fulfilment, again, leads into that notion that people who are organised are like constantly achieving goals and are constantly reaching the next step. And then that's what makes them happy in life. But this in and of itself has to be unpacked because it links back into so much of what we've discussed around the cycles that we're involved in as a broader society and as an individual within that society and the pressures that we're putting in ourselves within that. The last response that I wanted to share was someone who currently rated themselves as a two and who wanted to become a nine, which is quite a big jump when you think about it. They said that I'm so unorganized that it is detrimental. I feel like I can't make traction or all my intelligence is being poured into just being clear. If I could be more organized, I think my intelligence and creativity would flourish. So something that came up through these responses in a positive way was the idea that having to do lots of little things all the time and becoming overwhelmed by them then limited people's ability to spend more time on the things that they love, the things that feed their soul, the things that they want to be putting time into, like socializing, like art, projects, things that aren't, you know, a means to an end, like work and study. This leads me to the biggest change that I found when it came to becoming a more organized person in the idea of actually making my life serve me better and not just being organized in appearance. I've always been someone who loved color coding and pretty notebooks and I pride myself on presenting very cleanly and always wearing color coordinated outfits and things like that. And from a young age, this meant that people said that I was organized and I was not always organized. My room was a mess. I never knew when I had different things due. I was not a productive person and I didn't really feel like that reflected me. Now, I think there was something in me that meant that I was more inclined to these sort of stereotypical forms of organization. And I did find a lot of clarity when I began to be a little bit more organized in my day to day life. But I've really felt only in the last few years have I truly become organized in the sense of having structures that make my life easier rather than just behaving in a way that makes other people perceive me as being organized. This came down to my learnings about decision fatigue. And I touched on this briefly in the last episode with DJ, but it's a concept that I find so, so helpful when you start to think about organization and procrastination and just being a more adept and conscientious person in your own day-to-day. Decision fatigue is the idea that we only have a finite number of decisions that our brain can handle making every single day before it gets tired. And if you take the decision-making out of your day 
in the earlier parts of the day and in the supposedly easier parts of your day, it enables you to perform better in more difficult tasks or tasks that require you to put more energy into the decision making because you've preserved more energy in your decision making tank in your mental state to be able to make those decisions. Now, a classic example is the 3 p.m. sugar crash. I think a lot of people will empathize with the fact that it gets to three in the afternoon and all of a sudden you just want chocolate and that's it. It's That's the only thing that's going through your head and there's a good chance that you'll get it or you'll get a muffin or a pastry or a coffee or a pick-me-up of some kind. And it's this idea that you get to 3 p.m. in the afternoon, you're tired, you've probably been at work or you've been studying, you've been out and about all day. Your brain doesn't want to have to decide between getting a sweet treat and eating maybe a piece of fruit or eating something more nutritionally dense, which you may know is better for you in the sense of more nutrients, probably better for your digestion, probably not going to lead to a sugar crash a couple of hours later. But why do we go for the sweet treat? Even when we know that maybe we don't even really want it, but we're just having it because it's that like instant gut reaction. And it comes down to this notion of decision fatigue. Your brain doesn't want to have to decide at that point. It's hungry. It's tired. It's done. It wants the surefire, quick response way to get energy and to feel more motivated for the rest of the afternoon. And this is what Deej was talking about last week with dopamine. It's the same kind of thing, but it's around food. But it can be in so many other ways as well. Even when you go into bed at night and you've sat down on the couch, you've watched some TV and you realize you haven't brushed your teeth and you're already halfway to your bedroom. How many of you have just gone to bed? You've gone to bed, you haven't washed your face again, you haven't brushed your teeth again because the thought of having to decide to turn around and walk back down the stairs and go and brush your teeth and wash your face and do that last step of your day It's just too much and you just don't want to do it. So you just go to bed. But then you wake up in the morning and you're like, ew, my breath stinks. And your day has started off on the wrong foot. So all of these little decisions that we have to make in our day, things like where's my wallet? What jacket am I going to wear? What am I having for breakfast? What time am I going to get home? Who's picking who up from school? What are you taking for lunch? Where are you meeting that person when you're supposed to meet for that meeting? Do you have the USB with your assignment in it in your bag? These decisions detract from our ability to make better decisions about things we actually want to spend time deciding. So things like choosing which job to apply to, choosing which color to make your new graphic design font, choosing which song goes with which song when you're making a mix, choosing the present for your friend. Those decisions, when you actually want to spend time making them, take a lot more mental energy. And so if you can become more organized and create structures in your routine around things like food and around exercise and around self-care, you remove the need for your brain to make decisions in those moments because it's already made for you because you've already done the thinking at a set time to lay out the structure and the plan for getting those more simplistic things done so that then when the bigger decisions come along, you're more able to commit time and energy to thinking about them in a very subconscious way. So for me, this led me to doing things like meal prep. And I don't meal prep in the traditional sense of cooking exactly the same meal and dividing it into containers and only heating that up every week. I cook two to three meals at the beginning of the week that have a hot component that I would generally cook on the day or can just be heated up and eat it 
eaten on their own. But I make these things that are versatile. So something that can be put in a wrap, but can also be put with some fish that can also just be eaten cold is a great meal prep meal. Because for me, it means I'm still getting a variety of foods throughout the week. I'm still eating a variety of things in a variety of ways. But when it comes to lunch and I've got back-to-back meetings from 10 to 12, from 12 to 1, and then I've got something on in the afternoon and then I need to work out. I don't sit down and eat something which isn't nourishing me, which isn't going to give me energy, which isn't going to fuel me for the rest of the day in the way I want to be fueled because I've already done the hard work on the Sunday and I don't even think about cooking throughout the week. Not only does this save me time, obviously, but it saves me decision-making energy because I just go downstairs, I pick from A and B. Instead of having to pick from the entire alphabet, I've narrowed my decision down to two things and that's as simple as it gets. This also goes for things like procrastination. Procrastination most of the time isn't a lack of motivation. It's a lack of a plan or a lack of small steps to get you to that plan. If you have to do an assignment, but first you have to clean your desk and clean your room and make your bed and do your washing and make yourself breakfast and then get a cup of tea and then sit down and then do your assignment, you're never going to do the assignment. Because in doing all those seven other things that you've had to do at the beginning of your day, which you haven't mentally prepared for because all you've been thinking about is doing the assignment, you're then going to spend all your time and energy doing those seven other things. And so by the time you sit down at your desk, your decision-making skills have been worn out. Your body needs time to refresh and recharge. And so you sit there and yeah, you go on Facebook or you scroll through Reddit and you don't get anything done. And then you're like, oh, why am I procrastinating? I'm such a bad student. And it's like, well, no, you spent two hours organizing your life and getting things sorted so that you could do the assignment. But in doing so in such an unstructured way and in a way that was having to be off the cuff rather than having been thought out and as part of a normal routine, you've exhausted your decision making capacity. So then your ability to make yourself sit down and decide to focus and work because focusing is a decision that you need to make is very limited as you haven't given yourself the best chance of following through on that. So an example that helps to correct this kind of behavior is having a morning routine. If you know that you get up at a particular time and you have an hour, say, in which you stretch, make your bed, tidy your room, make yourself some breakfast and have a shower, and you know that that means that you'll be ready to work at X time, you'll get in the routine of doing that morning routine so quickly and so efficiently that you don't even really have to think about it. You know where your socks are to go for your walk. You know where your fry pan is to make your eggs. You know where your cloth is to wipe down your desk. You know that your bed gets made in this way and that's the quickest way to make it and that's how you like to get into it at night. And all of those things become second nature the more you do them. So gradually what you'll find is you become increasingly productive after your morning routine because your brain hasn't had to do anything yet. It's gotten up, it's done six different things which have nourished it, which have given it energy, which have refreshed it. And it hasn't actually had to think about anything. So then when you sit down to do your work, you suddenly have the ability to focus because all your decision-making power is going into that one decision, which is, I am going to focus on the task at hand. This also then lends itself to a nighttime routine, which does the, like goes in the opposite way to help you have a better sleep and also to set yourself up for the next day. But all of these little things sound very organized and very type A, but really it's about just creating a structure in your life that lends itself to the things that you want to do more of. 
If you're really keen on painting, but that's not your main profession or not something that you get to do in every day, create a routine around your painting. Make sure you keep all your brushes and your paints and your water, your water jug and your cloth and your newspaper all in the one spot in a visible place near something else that you use on a daily basis. And if you do that and you have everything readily available for you, you're much more likely on a Friday afternoon when you've only got two hours to pull it out, have a bit of a paint and then pop it back away in exactly the same spot. But that's not the kind of thing people think about when they traditionally think about being organized. They think that being organized is having a jam-packed calendar, having 50 to-do lists, having everything scheduled out by the minute. You can have a lot of flexibility with organization as long as the things that you are wanting to be flexible in doing are in themselves organized. Your daily routine and your daily activities don't have to be planned out. But if you plan out as much as possible, like the background work, the things that let you do those activities, you're going to find that you can do them a lot more effectively because you aren't having to make decisions around them. If you really like reading, but you keep all your books in a different room, you're never going to read. But if you put the books next to your bed, you're probably going to be much more likely to read because you're not having to choose to get up out of bed and go and get a book and sit down and then find the page and then read it. You have a bookmark, you pee out three books every month that you want to read, you put them right next to your bed, you're scrolling on your phone in bed, you turn your head, you see the book, you put your phone down and you pick the book up and you actually do get to read. So that's my big (laughs) impassioned spiel about the whole elements of like structuring the minor things in your life to allow you to do the bigger things. This for me extends so far as like my organization in my room, like my wardrobe is color coded and all my makeup is in different areas for different things. And my body products are divided into like a must use should use, sometimes use categories. And this sounds wild and it won't be for everyone. But for me, I find it makes my life so much more easy because I just flow. I know where everything is. When I look at one thing, it's closest to the the thing that I'm most likely to use it with in the future. When I keep something in a particular storage area, it's because it has a specific purpose and reason for being there and is either accessible or inaccessible, depending on what it is and what I need it for. And all of these elements tie into the fact that then when I need to do six different projects in a day and when I want to meet up with my friends still, but I also need to go to the gym, the bits into the activities themselves are already done. They're already thought out for me. My socks are kept in my shoes for my gym the next morning my drink bottle and my pre-workout and my sweat towel are already in my gym bag they're not kept in different spots so that when I decide to go to the gym it's as simple as put your shoes on and grab your bag it's not find your keys find your headphones find your drink bottle find your sweat towel find your pre-workout find your snack find your jumper it's just pick up the bag and go and so if you can cut down that 10 decision making process into one decision you will find that you can do so much more with your time in a way that actually benefits you so greatly. And yet it's going to take you time to figure out what that looks like and what things you need to actually put it, put the effort into adjusting. It's not going to be the same for everybody. You might hate some of the examples that I've just given you because they work for me, but they could be completely wrong for you. And also the whole decision-making thing will take time to come into effect because for the first few times you do it 
maybe even the first few weeks, it's not going to feel natural yet because you haven't done it before. It's not a flow state yet. You are still deciding to do that. But once you get it down pat and once you start to see the influence making those little pockets of routine around bigger activities can give you, it will lend itself to a much more relaxed lifestyle, even if it feels sort of micromanagey at first. So taking it down a notch and calming down a little bit because I really got started on that one. I want to also talk about what this does for us mentally and how it affects our mental health on both sides of the spectrum. When I asked people how they felt mentally when they were more organized, they responded with things like they had time to breathe, they felt more confident, they felt clear, effective. And the few that I really loved were like I'm walking down a path as opposed to roaming around a forest, which I just think is a wonderful visual for organization. Another was that I feel more confident that I'm directing my energy towards the things which will help me to achieve my goals. And that goes to that idea of being clear on your purpose and how you're spending your time. And then the last one was organization brings me internal clarity. When I am disorganized, I feel as if my thoughts are in an alphabet soup and doing anything takes twice as long. When I am organized, I am able to focus and express myself more eloquently and efficiently. And I really love that visual as well of the alphabet soup because it does sort of feel like that sometimes. You might have all the pieces to the puzzle, but if you can't put the puzzle together, what good are the pieces? Now, organization as well with mental health is a super, super important topic. And I want to caveat this by saying it's going to be different for everybody. And the things that I'm talking about here are definitely my own experiences with how organization has helped me mentally. I have struggled with anxiety in the past and I find that being organized helps me to relieve some of that anxiety because it removes the second guessing that often comes with anxiety where you overthink every single scenario. Whereas if you know where things are happening, what's happening, when things are going on, who's going to be there in a way that's calm and collected and a part of your routine in organizing yourself for an occasion or an event. It can help to remove that background chatter and just lay out a plan and a timeline for the experience that you're about to enter so that when you're there, you can more consciously engage with it and remove this sort of generally incorrect narrative that's running through your head that's making you a bit panicked and a bit anxious and enable you to really just feel and assess the energy and the vibe of the situation that you're in which for myself often leads to feeling a lot more relaxed, a lot more uh, at ease and able to enjoy the experience that I'm engaging with because I've removed the chatter in my brain by already knowing the answers to some of the things and being able to reflect and know in a very pragmatic, rational way that X is happening and Y is happening, so A, B and C are not of issue. I think something also to recognise with what I was talking about in creating structure in their things that you have to do is that people who struggle with mental health often struggle with going about their day-to-day life in a regular sort of way. And part of this is because the overwhelm of everything that's happening around them stops you from being able to engage in different activities and events because there's too much to consider and there's too much to push yourself into and there's too much to do to get from A to B because everything feels like such a big task. But if you're somebody who struggles with mental health 
and who struggles with sometimes, you know, getting out of bed in the morning and going about your day. It can really help if you've already created these little routines of behavior within the bigger activities, even just in something such as simple as breakfast, in knowing what you like to eat for breakfast every day. So yes, you might eat different things every day of the week, but is there one meal that you like to eat the most? And knowing that you always have those things in the cupboard and knowing that you can just put A, B and C together make a meal and go about your day. And that's one thing you've achieved. And if that's an easy thing to do when you get out of bed, it will make the next thing a little bit easier as well, because it's not big task, big task. It's minor task and then maybe a big task. But then once you've completed the minor task, it's that flow on of having already accomplished something of gaining traction and being able to go about your day in a better way. And I think that mental well-being around these things is often really overlooked for the impact, the positive impact that organization can have on our mental health. Because if you have to constantly think about everything when you're in a negative headspace and when you are already struggling with life as it stands, having to make complex decisions or look after yourself in ways that goes beyond simply just being able to go through the motions is often too much. And when that happens, then generally things end up piling up. So when you come out of a negative headspace or a negative period in your life, you're surrounded by mess and disorder because you have only just been able to get through. And that in itself is commendable. But if in the good times and in the positive times in your life, you can work to set up structures and patterns of behavior that make the things that you do feel second nature and much more subconscious in your behavior, in the way that you have to act, It'll really, really help when you do have more negative times and when you are more down and struggling to still manage to pull yourself through life in maybe a slightly better way. And hopefully as an end result of that, it means that those dark times can be shorter because you have been able to find little moments of accomplishment and success in your every single day, which do not have to be dramatic, overwhelming activities. They can just be something as simple as knowing what you're going to make for breakfast. And that for myself was a game changer in the way that I approached my mental health because it helped me to take out the feelings of lack and the feelings of failure in really small minor activities that people who have much um, more level mental health don't ever sort of have to consider for the impact that that decision making might have on your day when you're really struggling. This also though falls into the category of talking about why organization and being overly organized can be a bit of a pitfall and it can have negative things attached to it. As much as I just said that being organized has helped me with anxiety, it also contributes to it in some sense because you do become accustomed to having a certain level of control around the things that are going on in your life and the kinds of activities that you're getting to engage with. And when that control is taken away by spontaneous invitations or sudden changes of plans, it can feel a lot more dramatic than it is because you have established certain patterns because it serves you best. And so when they're disrupted by things that you have no control over, it feels like a failure in the disruption or it feels like jarring because it's removed from your ability to 
take control of the scenario. And this feeds into that idea that people were saying before about this rigidity and the fact that, you know, people who are overly organised can't let things just happen or can't just, you know, go with the flow because they need to always know exactly what's going to happen in every single instance. And I think that there's merit in that because it is true for myself at least and I know for other people in my life who are incredibly organized when someone cancels a plan it's not just a canceled plan that's a throwing out of a whole routine of a whole schedule and if you are somebody as well who tries to still make sure that everyone gets to attend and everyone gets to be involved in things having a canceled plan can throw out an event three days in the future which for you is very disruptive and requires mental energy to get your head back around But I think this goes more to the individual person rather than the organization itself. And the idea that embracing spontaneity is something which should come easily if you have an actually organized life. Because in all the way that I've been discussing it throughout this episode, an organized life should mean that the elements of your life internally are organized, which enables you to do them more easily. So spontaneity shouldn't completely disrupt your routine because your routine shouldn't be about achieving A, B, C, tiny step within that bigger goal. It should be about being being the, able to do the bigger activity more effectively. So if spontaneity becomes a part of your day and you have to move things along it's easier than to revisit that larger activity because you've already laid the groundwork at other times or you are laying the groundwork in that activity which can be shifted to a different time and allow you to embrace more free-flowing activities and go along with people when they invite you at the last minute out for dinner or out for an event and still feel that structure at the core of your life rather than your organization being very peripheral to your life and therefore something disrupting it actually disrupts everything else because one thing can't work without the other. These events and activities should be able to work in solidarity to work in tandem rather than being completely reliant on A, B and C happening in exactly the specific time in order for you to feel organized. You should be able to go CBA at times and when it's needed. There's also a lot of pressure to be organized and the idea that being organized is the preferred state of being. And I guess when I'm speaking about organization here, we're kind of talking more about that traditional stereotypical version of organization where people can perceive it and it's very action-based rather than you internally feeling organized. A lot of people did say that they felt a pressure to be more organized. And one of the responses I had said that the pressure to be organized in my life is often so overwhelming that it is the biggest hurdle to becoming organized. I exist in a cutthroat competitive environment where everyone is a type A. To an extent, I'm motivated by seeing highly organized people around me. Many see me as this person, but internally I feel very scattered. It is almost more important to me to be seen as organized and competent than to actually be these things. I wish I could be less structured, but if I were, I'd fear I'd drop the ball entirely. Another respondent said, Sometimes I think my routine can be limiting and I feel stressed without plans, which can limit relaxed spontaneity or accommodating other people's schedules and plans. And finally, someone else said that, When I leave work and realize there are things I haven't done, I feel pressured by myself to be a better version of myself the next day and do stuff that is timely. 
Now, all these forms of pressure come down to the idea that you have to be organized for other people or that you have to achieve a certain level of organization to appear a particular way. But really, if you're truly organized in yourself and in your life, you can find these moments of relaxation and flux and find these sort of middle grounds between having structure, having routine, yes, but also being able to let go of that because you're confident enough in your ability to regain that structure and routine because it's so ingrained in how you live, but it's also so beneficial to you and it actually works for you. If you try and mimic someone else's routine and someone else's organizational structure, you're ultimately not going to find what you want from that. You need to find the things for yourself that work. You are not all going to be morning people. You're also not all going to be night owls. You're not all going to be able to write study notes every single week. You're also all not going to want to meal prep. You're not all going to want to meet up with the same people in the same days of the week to do the same kinds of activities. But some of you are. And I think this recognition that you're kind of organized could be completely different to my kind of organized. And yet we could both feel the same kind of organized at the end of the day. This sort of idea of, you know, someone in a messy room being like, yes, but I know where everything is. That's valid. But does it serve your life? Does it actually help you get where you need to go? Then, yeah, that's fine. Go for it. I think the biggest thing that I wanted to sort of get across and why I've gotten so excited by this topic is because I think the idea of organization being a cookie cutter one way street of this is how you do it is really wrong. Yes, look at the tools that other people use. Yes, look at that highly motivated, excelling person in your life and mimic what they do. But if in a week or a day it feels wrong or it doesn't work or you don't find yourself reaching for that same tool time and time again, don't use it. Find something else. Figure out what makes you tick and what works for you because that's where you're going to be able to remove those decisions. And this goes back to what I said right at the beginning around the decision-making fatigue is that if you have to keep forcing yourself to choose to be organized in a particular way, that's not the point because you're then using up your decision-making energy on trying to achieve a perceived level of organization rather than just doing what suits you the best. Whereas if you can find a way of being organized that feels second nature to you, that you roll out of bed and you're just doing the things that you need to do without having to think about them, that's when you're truly going to be find that you're organized. That's when you're truly going to find that you have time to do the things that you want to do and you can do more in your day if that's what you want to do or you can do less in your day because you know that you've ticked off those five tasks that you have to get done and that leaves you a whole afternoon rather than spreading those tasks across the whole day because you don't know how to go about them and then never feeling like you have time for yourself. And the last thing that I want to talk about today, and I'm not going to go into this too much because a sneak peek into the next episode, I think we're going to talk about this quite a lot. But it's the idea of the hustle in that just because you're organized and just because you've scheduled your time and just because you get things done, that does not mean that you then need to fill your spare time with more things to do. Being able to manage your time and finish tasks and be on top of your work doesn't like doesn't 
inherently mean that you then need to turn around and add something else into your schedule to make sure that you're still spending as much time working as someone who's a lot less organized than you. If someone's going to take a whole day to do a task, but because of your organizational structures, it only takes you half a day. You do not need to then find something else to do for the other half of the day that is inherently productive in the sense of like reaching an attainable goal. You can just relax and watch TV if that's what fulfills you, if that's what makes you satisfied, if that's what you need to do for you. And the friends of mine who are listening to this are probably going to be calling me a hypocrite at this stage because I am known to find a spare moment in time and start a new project. But for me, that works. It fits with my values. It fits with my energy and makes me feel motivated. It gives me traction to get through the things that I don't want to be doing in my day to day. And I really thoroughly enjoy it. But I think we become very self-defeating when we compare our level of productivity to someone else's in the idea that we're supposed to match one another. If my level of productivity makes me feel happy and fulfilled and your level of productivity makes you feel happy and fulfilled... It does not matter what level we are both at. We are just doing what we need to do for ourselves to get through each and every day and to complete the tasks that we need to complete and therefore can lead a clearer, more purposeful, more intentional life and fit more of the things that we love doing in, more of the activities that we feel we don't have enough time to do by making sure that the structures that we rely on every single day are set up in such a way that they support what we need from them. And that is the biggest piece of advice I can give to anybody who feels disorganized and like they don't know where to go next is to figure out what do the things that you do every day need to do for you to make you feel good and make you feel like you can get out of bed and do the next activity and do the activity after that. And once you figure out what you need from your own life, it's so much easier to set those routines in place, to lean into those patterns, to lean into those wants and needs and make them work for you on the other side of it all. If anyone's looking for more resources or information about organization, please comment in the Facebook community because I've got plenty I can share. But one that I want to share that I found sort of going back to time and time again, is a YouTuber called Michelle B. And she's an Australian YouTuber and she just talks a lot about productivity, decision-making, organisation. And she has heaps of great sort of like tips and tricks and little sort of video breakdowns of things you can do at different times of year or different times of the day to really refresh your routine, to figure out what things you need in your life to serve you. Um, and she's just been someone that I've watched here and there over the years that I just feel really puts out valuable content all the time around these topics and sort of, I guess, aligns with my values around organization in that it doesn't have to be a cookie cutter method. It really is about harnessing what you want for yourself from your own life. Now, I think this is maybe the most red faced and passionate I've got recording one of these podcast episodes, but this is very near and dear to my heart. And I think anyone who knows me personally will know that I am big on the color coding and big on the traditional forms of organization. But I really just wanted to emphasize through this episode that organization is about what works for you, not for anyone else. And if you can figure what figure out what that is for yourself, then you're going to be so much better served in your own self-care and your own well-being. And I think that that is the most important thing at the end of every single day is to be happy and content and fulfilled in each of our own lives. 
Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed. My next episode is going to be with the lovely Katie Flynn. And I'm so excited to bring that content to you in another fortnight. So thanks for listening, everybody. And I can't wait to hear your thoughts in the comments of the Facebook community.